0: Welcome back to episode two fourteen of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host Miguel. Got a good episode today, and it's this is something I'm trying out now um, because I do I was able to reestablish another YouTube channel, uh, different channel in the sense of my original one was deleted because of my Joseph Campbell interviews, but what that that is what it is. I forgot what episode that was, but that was a five-parter, I think it was. You can look it up. You can Google it and it'll pop up. So, what I'm going to do is I have a few charts that I want to show now. I want to emphasize before we even get into the episode, if you're driving, if you're operating a forklift, if you're doing roofing work, or, you know, anything that demands your complete attention, please Either listen to the podcast and just disregard it and you can watch the YouTube video when you get home. Or work it out Well, you're not trying to watch this on your screen while you're doing your work or you're in a dangerous position. So please just, uh, again, it's going to be on YouTube. It's not going anywhere. I doubt they're going to uh, take it down because I'm trying to be careful the way I post my information up there. I don't want to be taken down again. You invest a lot of time and effort and work. To just have it getting taken down, you know. So, you know, I, I could take a lot of different things like that. But one thing I, I don't like to do is waste my time. So, again, this is kind of like a pro- prototype thing. So, in essence, what it works out to being is almost like an old school PowerPoint presentation. The reason for that is I I, I do a lot of speaking. I like speaking. Uh, and I like painting visual pictures or pictures with words, I I like that, but there's something about the visual aspect of let's say a teaching or a talk or a topic that that visual, that chart uh, in front of you synchronizes your brain with the audio and the visual and, and, and you absorb more of the teaching through that process of making a video as opposed to just the audio mp3. I really do like MP3s and podcasts uh, in many ways because it's a different zone. Like, you put the podcast on and, you know, you're doing your thing, but you're integrating whatever you're listening to with what you're doing. So, it's kind of cohesive and synchronistic, you know, uh, synergistic. So, but again, I feel that there's very high value watching, you know, a video or a presentation with visual and audio, you know, so... We're going to get into it. Today what we're going to do is we're going to get into a topic that I speak about and pretty much dominates most of my uh topics that I cover and it has to do with, you know, self-actualization, self-realization. And for those of you who want to look it up, you can look up self-actualization uh Carl Jung he gets into that, you know, and uh a lot of times it's good to get the exact definition of a word that you you, you you know you're trying to comprehend or something that is brought up you want to have you know your etymology, not necessarily your etymology but you know your word definitions done right so you understand like some people for example don't understand really what an allegory is I've had you know people reach out to as I speak to them say, well, what is an allegory? and if you don't know what it is, it helps a lot if you do you know an allegory is a story. That has a deep that's being told, but contained within that story is a much deeper meaning, and sometimes levels of meanings uh, that are tied into the story that you're seeing on the surface. For example, I did an episode on the Wizard of Oz and and the allegory that that was. It's kind of like a metaphor, but in a story format. And a metaphor is we all know what that metaphor is. Anyway. Interesting, interesting uh, topic. We're going to get into that, as I said, the self-actualization. And then there's layers to it because what it is, is yes, we come into this world self-actualized. That's why when you see sometimes, um, you know, a kid, you know, under the age of six, you know, the things that they say and what they speak. Yes, you know, you can put it off as childish or whatever, but sometimes they say some really profound things. Because of the fact that their brain, their mind is not conditioned. And they're pure, um, they're in a hypnagogic state. You know, they don't have a subconscious mind. They just have their pure conscious mind. No subconscious, just pure conscious mind. And they speak from their conscience. And that's what makes it beautiful. Sometimes they can be offensive. Sometimes shocking, beautiful. But you learn from that. So, just keep in mind if you're watching this uh on youtube or however you're watching it i want to emphasize that i'm i'm gonna kind of sometimes maybe adjust or use some kind of a uh, code speak for certain topics that i get into that i don't want to have my video taken down so it might sound a little odd maybe when i try to describe something i don't want to go in real deep the way i usually do on a lot of my episodes. well i really even hold back on my regular episodes but you know, but I kind of kind of speak as freely as I feel is appropriate for a podcast. So this one, again, I'm going to gauge it out and just the main thing is to be able to have that uh, video not getting taken down on YouTube. And if that's the case, this would be great because this would be an additional element to the show. So we're going to get into it. And what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at three different charts. The first chart we're going to look at, like, as I said, it's going to be like a PowerPoint presentation. So the first chart that we're going to be looking at is going to be a chart that some of you might be familiar with. And it's Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. So that's the first chart. It's a pyramid and then it kind of goes through the needs that a human really needs and the important things in their life, you know, from beginning to, to the top to the end. And very interesting if you've never seen it before, you can you have to admit that it's pretty accurate and he's, Maslow really nails it with that chart. The second uh, chart that we're going to take a look at is going to be one that deals with basically the beginning framework of our beginning, you know, and just some basic laws, you know. Of, of reality, laws of reality that dictate really what this is and what we're in and what's going on here and just a breakdown of that, Just but initial on the surface, this way if you've never really considered this or gotten into this, you can kind of see it visually in front of you and kind of cohesively or, or not cohesively, um, sequentially cover it from beginning through the middle into the end, you know, so this chart is going to kind of give a breakdown of that, the first chart. Actually, the second chart. First chart is Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Chart number two is going to be a foundation going from, like, the beginning of existence or creation, however you want to phrase it, on through to now. A thumbnail sketch, you know, that's chart number two. Chart number three, I'm going to get into the tricks and the traps and the spells that are being put upon us along with um, solutions and the right path. So there's going to be three charts we're going to get into today, and I'll flash through them, and we're going to get into it. So as we take a look at uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, this chart, there's a little picture of uh, Abraham Maslow there. Smart dude, man. Very smart dude. We we are presented uh, this pyramid, this graphic, this infographic, that gives a breakdown, and as you look at the bottom, it says, you know, the base of everything, the base of the pyramid, so to speak, which is the widest support, in in other words, everyone falls into this category, or this is the most expansive category that's there, and that is physiological needs of a person, right? So that's uh, breathing, food, water, sleep, homeostasis, and excretion, as we all know what that is. Very basic. That's like biology 101. If you don't have that, you don't have life, right? Now, so everyone basically falls into that category, and that's a base that stretches across to everyone. Now, the second level up on uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is um, safety, okay? So the topics here are going to be security of body, security of employment, security of resources, uh, of morality, interesting, right? A uh, family of health and of property. So, in other words, the security of your body, your employment, your resources, your morality, security of your family, of your health, and your property. In other words, safety. To make sure that you're secure, that where you are today, you're going to be there tomorrow, and you're going to be there ten years from now. Nothing, nothing bad has, would have changed, and you just proceed through, you know, your normal existence. Doing the first level or the step one, which is the physiological, eating, sleeping, whatever, and then the safety. So now the third one. Now we. Now it gets really interesting. And then the third level of this pyramid going up is uh, love and belonging, and that has to deal with friendship and family, right? And this actually, if you look at it, if you look on the right hand side, I didn't realize this, but I see it now. Uh, le- step two and step three uh, do deal with self-actualization, and what what Maslow is putting here, self-actualization, is a per a person's motivation to reach his or her own full potential, as shown in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. A person's basic needs must be met before self-actualization can be achieved, and that's that's put pretty well. That that's put pretty well. So yeah, that's uh, love, belonging. That's why, um, it's interesting, but you know, if, if a person, let's say a person's in solitary confinement or they're in a situation, they're in a desert or something like that, there's a real need to interact with other people. It's just a basic human need where if you don't have that contact with other human beings, it's it's not healthy really, you know? Yes, I'm big into solitude and, you know, silence and all that stuff too, but that's broken down as um as a time frame like you know at this point i'm gonna you know be in my solitude or whatever it could be extended periods but one has nothing to do with the other you know solitude that's something within yourself but it's true that people do need to interact with other people so that that's part of that whole self-actualization so we covered the three the first three uh tiers of this pyramid the fourth one moving up is uh, self-esteem. Confidence, achievement, respect of others, uh, respect by others, and that's self-esteem. And it makes a lot of sense because, you know, we all go to work, we all take our responsibilities and do our things on a day-to-day basis, and for whatever it's worth, I mean, you do Want to have, you know, your own self esteem where you be where you're respected, where you know the respect that you work hard for and you get it gives you confidence in what you do because you're establishing a pattern of being able to deal with your responsibilities. So as my mother would say, cumplir con tu deber. So those of you who speak Spanish know what that is it's a very old school term, but it just means meet your responsibility. Um, and Achievement, you know, something where you're able to reach a goal and, you know, move along your path to what what is there for you as opposed to just endlessly consuming, you know, media and just doing nothing and sitting around, you know, basically like a potato, right? We all have to engage and that's why, that's why it's so easy. They, they say that the, an idle mind is the devil's workshop, right? That's why it's always important to keep your mind occupied and keep it sharp okay um, so the main thing that from what I see in in this real life here um, this becomes a really big issue because you'll you'll see people that make decisions based upon almost like honestly like literally like if they're cattle like if they're cattle on a farm, ready to go to the slaughterhouse but in the sense of they're contained within you know these boundaries and it's dictated to them when they eat when they sleep when they move when they get slaughtered I mean all of these different things you know and what ends up happening is if you you're not in touch with really what's going on outside of you then you're just gonna have your life di- be dictated to you in other words, you you you're not your authentic self that's why i use the term you know actualized authentic it's like being the person who you really are as opposed to being a let's see a construct of some mechanistic matrix machine that has you here like cattle you know, you need to kind of understand where I'm going with this. So, yeah, that's that's the self-esteem, which is the fourth tier up on this pyramid and moving up. Self-esteem, confidence, achievement, respect of others, respect by others. And that's like esteem or self-esteem. Now, the top, the fifth level of this, which is the top of the pyramid, is labeled self-actualization. It's funny, I didn't realize that it said, until I brought this uh, graphic up, but uh, I've been using that word a little bit more lately. I guess I've been listening to a lot of Campbell and Young. But um, and again, I don't necessarily agree every little thing that these authors or these people put out there. But I with with Young and with um, Campbell, especially Campbellman, I agree pretty much a hundred percent with what he says. Um, and Young, very high degree of what he says too. Good, really sound teachings, you know. So. This fifth level, this fifth pyramid is is called self-actualization. So here it's morality, creativity, spontaneity, problem-solving, lack of prejudice, acceptance of facts, or acceptance of reality. Because when you don't accept reality, then you got an issue right there. Um, It's interesting that it says, the the top one, it says morality. That's why I believe um, they come after us so much with this demoralization that we have going on these days it's they they really know the weak point where to get people or the most effective way to get to people to knock them off of where they want to be is because when you demoralize a person they they're done for and i've gotten into this in some of the older episodes but it's just interesting that um the top top thing right there is morality as opposed to you know the the opposite, which is you know demoralization. You know, there's no morality in demoralization. In de- demoralization, you're at a very low vibration, and you're you're not even in a position where you're searching for truth or looking for a path because you're you're so stunted, you're demoralized. It's like it's like a pen that don't write. You know, it's weird. Like. You know, people have different pet peeves, like you'll go to buy something and you know, you didn't bring your wallet or you don't have enough cash. That, you know, that gets me a little bit upset. Or you go to take milk and it's, there's nothing, you know, all the But for me, I don't know why it is. What drives me nuts is when I grab a pen and it doesn't write. Like a little ink comes out and then it scratches the paper. You you know the story. And I, my rationale for that, like my wife would say, why do you get so mad? But and, and not, not that I get that mad. But what it is, is the whole purpose of a pen in life, it's got no purpose, man. Just to write, you know? So if you grabbed the pencil and you went to write, it would just write, you know, until that point wore off. But a pen, it's like, you know, it's a guess. Like, is this this thing going to write? But anyway, I went off on a tangent. Um, Interesting the way Maslow breaks everything down. So here on on the top board here, on the top of the pyramid, it says uh, Abraham Harold Maslow. Uh, April 1908 to June of 1970 was a psychologist who studied positive human qualities and the lives of exemplary people. In 1954, Maslow created the hierarchy of human needs and expressed his theories in his book, Motivation and Personality. And yeah, like I said, I think there's another chart or another thing that he's known for. Uh, Maslow, but I can't think of it right now. But this is definitely, I think, what put him on the chart, literally and figuratively. You know, he put out this chart and this chart put him on the charts. Um, again, if you've never seen it before, it it's uh, puts a lot of different things into perspective. Looking at this chart, he kind he kind of breaks it down really, really um, effectively here, where he his message is conveyed across, and you have a perfect understanding of of what he's trying to explain to you and i see everything on this chart as being true and it's again funny the top top one under self-actualization the number one there is morality right so here we have chart two or the second chart of this uh powerpoint quote-unquote powerpoint slash youtube presentation and uh we have uh three photos on top and you know some of the breakdown of, of, as I said, you know, sequential sequential existence from beginning through present time. So, you have three pictures. The first one is authentic man. And then the second one is of DNA. It says uh, God created life from his intelligent DNA mathematical code, not random, you know. And then the third one is the Big Bang hoax where they expect us to believe that. Two subatomic particles collided and created uh, everything, including intelligent life, randomly from chaos. You know, kind of try to keep up with that one. You know, like, how does intelligence come from randomness and chaos? It's just impossible. When you look at the DNA code, this mathematical, it's I can't, it's, just YouTube it man and get into it because they you know they try to hold a lot of this information back but it's it's all coming out now where you know the epigenetics and such where uh, and different vibrations and frequencies and the way these things really work and the impact that it has on us uh, impact or the result of this intelligence creating us uh, not the impact but the result of that intelligence and the mathematical code contained within the DNA and the RNA, the recombinant nucleic acid and the dinucleic acid, right? That double helix. How, how does that come from a primordial suit, you know, where, you know, well, they, it's interesting because they say in the Big Bang that two subatomic particles collided, and we're talking about something smaller than an atom. And as a result of two subatomic particles colliding, it caused, it did some crazy thing, but it compressed down to such a small point that it it exploded and created all of existence. Every, not just galaxies, but the whole universe, everything, right, from two subatomic particles. I mean, you'd have to be retarded to just believe that. And then the second thing, it just dawned on me, it just struck me that they talk about how life came from the primordial soup and what happened was two carbon atoms collided and the sun reflected on him at the same instant that a lightning bolt sparked it and life was created. I mean, you got to be retarded. It's funny, I Googled it, what is the probability of uh, DNA, the design of DNA, what is the probability of that coming from chaos or non-intelligence? And it had this big formulation or big, big response, but at the end it said basically there's a zero chance. Google it yourself, hopefully you get the same answer that I get. Um, but it said there's a zero, basically zero chance that life is random. You know, there is there definitely intelligence behind it, right? So, there you go. So, so, again, the authentic man, that's a picture there of my dad. His name was Santiago. And that's me next to him, Miguel. Uh, I'm going to say that's, not, I'm 64. I just turned 64 in November. Uh, born in 1959, but... That, I, that, I'm i either three or four years old there, so that's like 1964, pr- probably right around when they got JFK, right around that time for those history buffs. But that is my dad. He died when I was six years old and uh, left, left me in a real difficult spot because it, it ended up being um, me and my brother, my older brother, and my mom, and my mom was very sickly, you know, she wasn't very healthy, so it... Uh, it was a difficult time. My, it's it's something. My sister, my older sister Carmen, who was not in the house, kind of picked up a lot of slack and, and and helped me along in my life. I have to have to really thank her for that. And yeah, but that's me and and my dad, Santiago, in the kitchen of our house. And it, that's thir- I remember that that's thirty eight Wyckoff Street, W Y C K O F F Wyckoff Street, in downtown Brooklyn. Uh, yep, and. Yeah, that, it's, it's funny, you know, I look at the picture and I realized to myself that what ended up happening in my situation is I ended up having to become my own father. Uh, I had no, my older brother didn't really guide me at all. He he, he wasn't negative or whatever, but he did, he just didn't provide any, any of that leadership or uh, mentoring or anything like that. You know, he just did his thing and I did my thing and that was it. But I realized that um, there was something different with me than other people because like, you know, it's funny. I saw a guy teaching his son how to ride a bike and I'm looking and I'm saying, wow, you know, I didn't, that's not how I learned how to ride a bike. The way I learned how to ride a bike, this was literally on Wyckoff Street, right by Court Street and Smith. Right there at the intersection of Court and Smith. Uh, there was a like four or five kids, they had this big bike and what they were doing was, we must have been five years old, like they were sticking their body inside, it was a man's bike, not a girl's bike but a man's bike, it had the high bar and they would stick their body underneath that high bar, like squeeze on the inside of the frame of the bike and then ride it all the way, because there was a hilly block, so all the way down that hill and the brakes didn't work so you had to crash into the wall. Uh, to stop because if not, you're going to run right into Smith street and get hit by a car. So I remember seeing that. And they were like, yo Miguel, you got to hop on now, you know, hop on. And I hopped on and, and I'm like, how do you stop? And they're like, you got to crash into the wall by the supermarket there in the corner. So, you know, (laughs) so you don't get run over, you know, and, and, and the first couple of times I couldn't ride it, I was learning. So they were pushing me and all that. And then I learned. So it's funny when I, uh, saw, you know, this, this father teaching his son how to ride a bike. I, I knew that there was something off there because I said, you know, I'm, this, this kid is getting something that I'm not getting. Not that I'm jealous, but it's the reality of the matter. Again, he died when I was six years old, so, it's funny, but, you know, you say to yourself, you know, and it's funny, that's exactly six years old is when, it's, when you go from subconscious to, to conscious mind. Or conscious to subconscious mind, when, when at six years old, your consciousness closes up and all that stuff goes into your subconscious, you know, and then the subconscious runs 90% of everything that you do, the program, at least for a lot of people anyway, not for me, but for a lot of people. Um, But I knew that I would be in a position that I was going to have to be my own father in a sense, like teach myself the things that I need to learn, because I grew up, it was a really tough, it was a tough neighborhood. Actually, that 38 Wyckoff Street between Court Street and Nevins in downtown Brooklyn, it was actually kind of a nice area because it was, you know, 1960s, Irish Italian, and there was a couple of Spanish people, and we were one of the couple of them, you know, but we all co inhabited there, it was a beautiful, I, I, I wouldn't, playing Skelsies in the street and Hot Peas and Butter, and Geronimo and all, you know, hide-and-seek and all these crazy things, right? But it's funny, when, once my p- pops passed away when I was... And I don't normally talk about these things, but, you know, it's coming out now, so I'll just talk about it. And you can see his picture there, Santiago. But I don't know how to explain it, but ever since a very young age, and I, again, I don't want to get over-biblical or too, too much into the Bible or whatever, like my belief system, because everyone has their own, you know. But I have always felt that um since my dad passed away uh that God had me covered like a feeling came over me and hard to explain it but I would put my head down to pray and when I would pray I would feel a presence the presence of God and there's no question here 100% or everything that I've been through in my life that he's pretty much guided me the whole way from beginning to the point where I'm sitting right now and guided me in the sense of the way my father would have guided me if he were here you know and in, in a very legitimate way you know and I, I, I can't really put it into words some of you might be able to relate to that some may not maybe some of you don't even believe in a in a supreme being you know but that's again that's that's you pick whatever you can pick up out of this show and benefits you find and if you pick up that part of it that's fine too you know it's It's important, you know, because, you know, otherwise you're, you're, I don't know, not that you're wasting your time, but you're not being an authentic person. You're just being, you know, like cattle. So back, back to this uh, chart, chart number two. I got into the DNA, I got into the Big Bang, but laying down some foundation here. And number one is uh, uh, man created in the perfect image of God. And that's the one thing that they want to take us away from is that we were created in his divine image. They want us to think that we're a byproduct of the huge machine that they run and and the waste and the byproduct that falls out of it is us because we're the useless consumers. You know, that's how they're trying to place it. But we were created in the perfect image of God and his likeness, right? So that's number one. Number two, uh, in the Garden of Eden... Man had to choose between the tree of life, or the tree of eternal life, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, uh, which is duality. And I've gotten into that in a lot of my older episodes. For you people, if you like where I'm coming from or what I'm talking about, go visit my archives, my old episodes. My website is alpha male buddhist.podbean.com My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. And I also have a link tree and an Instagram, all under the same name, alpha male Buddhist. And I actually even have a telegram, so check that out. And it's very important for you to truly understand the power of that word choice. In other words, what you're you're choosing to do. And without realizing, a lot of times you're making choices unconsciously, uh, without realizing that you are making choices when you choose to not maximize your potential and do the things that you're supposed to do. You know, and you waste your time and you just sit around and not productive. Yeah, you're going to have some days that you're going to just sit around and I get them, especially as I get older, I get more of those days. Well, I don't want to do anything and I just want to sit around, but you know, for the most part, I try to stay engaged and stay active with that. So yeah, that that's the key word there is choice or to choose, have the ability to choose. Uh, they had to choose between the tree of eternal life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And there's a lot there, there's a lot there. But we're going we're gonna to move down this path so that we kind of get some coverage. Again, if you want to hear some of my older episodes, you can, you know... Oh, It's sprinkled throughout from when I first started till now, but I get into some deep topics, you know? So number three is this, the serpent deceives Adam and Eve, the original trick. Now, what I, what I mean by the original trick is there's two terms that I use a lot, and that is... Uh, the matrix system and the trick, right? Or the screen, really, This three. The screen being either the screen on your phone, the television screen, or just what's being presented to you for consumption. You know, the screen, which is something that's outside of yourself. It's not you or yourself, but something outside of yourself that is projecting itself from outside into you, right? Right? And that's really the origin of the trick. It's like control mechanisms that are being put out. And it, it it's very complicated and very simple at the same time because if you stay authentic, okay, uh, to yourself and have a true understanding of things, then it's harder for you to get fooled. It's like they say, some people are hard to hypnotize. And I think that has a lot to do with it. <clears throat> It, look it up. They say that some people, you can't hypnotize them. And then other, other people are very easy to hypnotize. Um, the trick is, is is what it's all of. It's recognizing the trick is what it's all about. Picture a fish just going down the river and he sees a worm. And what the trick is, is it's not really a worm, it's a hook, right? And that translates into our, our lives today, right? It's the original trick. Something that you have to be aware of. Like if I have to explain it too much and you don't quite get it. But it's something that's going to remove you off of your path. Dumb you down. Okay. So that's number three. And it says, man is, which is what I just said, man is removed from his original path or purpose Uh, resulting in him following a low vibration path of the serpent, also known as the deceiver. In other words, there's forces and powers out here, and it definitely has an effect on us, but people are too busy, you know, doing, I don't know, things that, for the most part, are just a waste of time. And then some people choose to follow the serpent. The serpent granted them demonic powers, witchcraft, magic, uh, which utilizes fear to control those seeking to return to God. So as we came out of the garden, we were kicked out of the garden because Eve um, was beguiled by the serpent. And it's really amorphous. It's hard to define it because people picture it as an apple, but it says, um, you know, the fruit you know, of this uh, forbidden tree. So it's, it's, crazy it's craziness man but as a result of them being tricked by the serpent then they were cast out and they were cast away from god put an angel with a sword protecting the tree of eternal life so they couldn't go back to it so they were kicked out of the garden right so even though that being the case just because they were kicked out of the garden doesn't mean that uh that is our stay in life. There are people that are working their way back to the garden in the sense of getting b- back with their creator, right? And, again, the trick that's being played on us is, you know, to keep us from g- becoming our true authentic selves and also acknowledging the creator, you know. And they want you to think everything is just random, like this Big Bang. Crap. Um, but, yeah, those people out there, it's, it's funny, you know, they, they believe in... Satanic things and Ouija boards and tarot cards and all the divination and stuff like that, but they believe in that, so they believe in the devil and they say, but they don't believe in God, which makes absolutely no sense, right? How could you? I don't know. If you have a side A, right? You got a coin. It's got a side A. It's going to have a side B. Doesn't matter what it is. Whatever you have, everything exists in duality. So, you know, good luck. Good luck with the uh, with that. So, uh, it says here, uh, the devil's main goal is A, for you to believe he never existed, and then B, for you to believe that God doesn't exist. Again, separating you from your divine purpose, right? So, the, here here uh, it says, the devil cannot create anything. His only purpose is to destroy everything which God created. Again, it's almost like a yin and yang thing because... And I'm not putting God in the category of of, a symbol or whatever like that, but in the sense of it is it all comes down to darkness and light, you know? And again, darkness and light, like positive and negative, you know, dual, right? That's why God put us in the garden with the tree of eternal life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's like dualistic, like one needs the other to exist. So as we move along... The etymology of the word pharmaceutical is the Latin word pharmacopeia is sometimes translated as sorcery or witchcraft and that 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 is what that is if it I it could be Latin or Greek I think it might actually be Greek but put that together and you'll see what we have going on right now right so since the beginning of time Mankind has always sought after ways of controlling the population. The method used to control us is known as the matrix or the screen. Those casting spells on us want us to believe that they don't exist. If you ever question the matrix, you will be labeled as crazy or a kook. So, yeah, the matrix system is telling you that they don't exist either. It's all, you know, self-evident. And uh, you'll get labeled a kook because you're, you're questioning, you know, you're questioning what you see on a Super Bowl halftime or, uh, you know, whatever, right? Some, something to just, you know, to put out. This. It's good to put these things out in black and white and just look at them. And then last down here it says, uh, uh, Some people know we are being controlled like cattle. However, they choose to remain enslaved in this Matrix system. The character Cypher in the movie The Matrix knew he was in a false reality, but love his life of slavery. He, that's the scene where, you know, Cypher in The Matrix, especially The Matrix 1, was so good. He's sitting down to eat a meal, and I forget exactly how it goes off, but Cypher, who was on The Sopranos, I forget, he played a really good character in The Sopranos. But anyway, he um, he's eating a steak, and he's cutting into it, and, you know, taking a, a sip of wine or whatever, and he says, you know, I know that this steak isn't real and it's just electronic signals, you know, in my cortex and this is, you know, what I'm experiencing. He goes, but I'm really enjoying, like, even knowing the situation that he was in, I don't want to use the word laziness. I don't know what it is, but I guess in uh, in authenticity, you know, he's not being authentic to himself. He's like, you know what, I'm enjoying this illusion that I'm living, Right. And I'm enjoying that. So, something to think about. It again. It's good to have this chart in front of you. Look at it, and um, go over it. Especially, I was gonna say especially for those of you who are newer to studying and knowledge and and you know such. And it's funny. It's funny when I say knowledge because it says the knowledge of good and evil, right? In in, in the thing, but. Again, there's other deep explanations for that, but knowledge in and of itself is great. It's there's a certain type of knowledge that isn't good um, when you get into the darker cult stuff. But I mean, knowledge for knowledge's sake, for learning, for growth. You know, if you if you really want to get into it, and I have it on, I actually have it on my website. I have three books from the Bible there. I have it. It's the King James version, Alexander Sc- Scobie uh, narrating it, reading it. I have in my uh, YouTube, I have the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, and the book of Psalms. And whether or not, you know, you're Christian or Muslim, it doesn't matter what you are. this, This is some really good teachings, man. And as you know, a lot of, it's funny, but a lot of the teachings that were in the Bible, you know, were the story of Noah's Ark and all of these different, Adam and all of these different stories. You know, in another section of the world, like I think in in Persia, Adam was known as Adamu. It was Adam, you know. So it was really the same story. So we have to understand that there's a connection between us, not a separation. You know, we're more alike than we are different. And there's no winning and losing. And my people are better than your people. And we were the first to, no. No. It's a whole cohesive thing of mankind and we all have the same real origins, you know, and it's important to know that. As opposed to being in a constant state of competition or doubt or arguing or negative energy, you know, so. It's good to have this chart to look at it. Uh, Again, my original point, like if you're kind of new to this, it kind of gives you a little framework to follow if you're a little bit more advanced and. But that's chart number two. Now we're going to go over to chart number three. Now as I get into chart number three. I reconfigured it and changed it around Any probably eight times. Like I just went over it and over it and changed it around and everything like that because I, I wanted to put this down in a chart format that would make it easier to comprehend and understand and follow um, and have my message conveyed across what I'm trying to get out to you, you know? So, I came, finally I came up with this here, this chart, with Authentic Man in a self-actualized state in the middle, with me and my dad there, sitting in the kitchen in the you know, thirty at Wyckoff Street, and what I did was I put a box around the Authentic Man with a path leading out of the box, and that path was to his goal. So, this authentic man put yourself there or whoever is in the center and is surrounded by all of uh and it says the uh, matrix system traps tricks spells used to enslave you right and they're all there and it goes you know destruction of the family uh corrupt government demonic music murder music demoralization greed cultural marxism um Social media addiction, weaponized pharma, you know, the fractional reserve banking. I was going to put student loan on here, but that that, that covers, I put the real key words on here. Vanity, envy, you know, self-doubt, the screen, fear, celebrity worship, you know. And each of these, as you go through these, and I'm sure I left a couple of things off, but I, I hit all the major points for sure on this. And in essence, what you have here is the authentic man. Again, place yourself there or whoever you want to place there. You know, I have to put somebody there to make the illustration to make the point. Authentic man comes from a starting point, whether that's when you're born, whether that's you move to a new city, whether it's you wake up in the morning, like whatever you do, because everything that impacts your life or everything that you're going to be in life is what you do when you wake up that morning, right? Right? It's like there's no way you're going to be a successful person by waking up every morning and just covering yourself up and not getting anything done. You know, it's like everything is as a result of you putting hard work into it. So again, when when you're born, when you have that starting point, because there'll never there'll never be a point where you're completely where you are. You can work as hard as you want. If you don't work, you can work hard, really hard. Day number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. If you're lazy on day ten, you might lose everything, right? Or well, a lot of what you gained on the first nine days. It's it's a continuous, unending. And like David Goggins says, it never stops. He says it never stops, and he starts laughing freaking crazy with the David Goggins. It never stops. And as you have authentic men here in the center, uh, it says here, uh, authentic man, it says, must find his life purpose. Dharma. For those of you who don't know Dharma, Dharma is your path of life. It's Indian, Vedic. Again, I'm Christian, and, and, and you know, I am... Saved by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. And I just want to put that out there. But, again, let's continue with this teaching. Uh, Man must find his life purpose, Dharma, and face infinite tricks, traps, fear, and spells. The matrix were used to enslave him and block him from following his purpose in life. So, you have the actualized man there in green, and then you have his path leading out. And... It takes him and protects him away from everything that is there to tr- track, trick him and trap him, right? That green path that takes him and it says, the goal is to, the goal is to discover what your true purpose in life is, then follow that path to become self-actualized and fulfilled. And once he makes it out of that box of tricks and traps and spells... You see what puts him on his authentic path. And that's uh, to learn to work with tools and repair stuff. Uh, self-empowerment, as they say, self-made. Provide for your family. Never complain. Just find solutions. Help build the people in your community. Study the Bible. Learn to think like the people around you think. I'm just reading it off. Always expect the unexpected. Expand your knowledge base in meaningful meaningful topics. Fall down 10 times, get up 11. I like that one. Never attach to negative energy or people. Kind of self-explanatory. Learn to make use of what is by using that which isn't. Understand the void. That is directly from the Tao Te Ching, chapter 11. I'll, and I'll riff it off. I just know it. By heart, and that is 30 spokes connect at one hub. What is not there makes the wheel useful. Clay is formed into a vase. What is not there makes the vase useful. Windows and doors are cut from a room. What is not there makes the room useful. Learn to make use of what is by using that which isn't. That's like one of the most profound things I've ever heard in my life. When I, for, I never forget when I first heard that. I literally stopped and read it over again like 10 times and sat down, absorbed it. Still didn't fully understand it. I was probably like 16, 16, 15, 16. What it is is when you look at a room, if, if, if you have no access, then there's no utility to the room What provides access to the room is the void or that which isn't. Because basically that which isn't is the void, right? So, again, I get into that in some of my older episodes. But yeah, man, if you have a room with no utility, no ac- with no access, there's no utility to it, then it's useless. As a matter of fact, it's just taking up space. As an old boss of mine would say, drinking water and breathing in, not doing anything. You know what I mean? You have a room sitting there. But what gives that room uh, utility is devoid that which isn't, where you can get utility from what's inside of the room. Learn to make use of what is by using that which isn't, you know. And a funny example of that, and it's, it's happened to me so many times, I'll be putting together something out of wood or just building a little something and I'll cut one piece off and I'll flip the piece over and I'll try to put something on the other side. And then I say to myself, okay, whatever. And then I would, for whatever reason, I I look at the size and the dimension of what I need and learn to make use of what is by using that, which isn't. I would grab the piece that I just cut off, which was garbage, and I pop it right, and I'm able to use it exactly in that way. So, yeah, that's that's, uh, Tao Te Ching chapter 11. We'll continue through. Um, Never allow anyone to walk through your mind with dirty feet. I just heard that and and, and, uh, it just blew me away, like, never allow, because it it it, it encapsulates everything right there. Allow them to walk through your mind with dirty feet, because they should have no access to who you are. And then this next one goes right along with that. The man that angers you now controls you. You know, very, very simple. You know, if you if you get me angry to the point where I'm not able to function or whatever like that, now you have control over me because of actions that you took impacted me that hard. Okay? <clears throat> learn new skills on YouTube. You can learn pretty much anything on YouTube, man. It's really, really good. You know, for the good and for the bad, you know? But you want to try to learn good things, man, and do the right stuff. So uh, YouTube is there for you. Go to the gym and work out. You know, take care of yourself. You know, lift some weights and... You know, have some confidence in yourself and look good. And, uh, yeah, because we, we are physical beings also, you know, we need to work out and, and uh, put, put our body in a position where more is required from it, you know, where we need to push it to its limits. And then the other thing is to st- study philosophy and ethics, you know. Now, there's all different kind of philosophies out there, but, you know, that's something you're going to... F- Find yourself, you know, you can get into the Stoicism with Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus and Plato and Aristotle. And uh, what's the other one that I used to like to read about? Um, What's his name? That would be Diogenes. He was the one that, uh, it's a legend, I I, I doubt this really happened, but supposedly Alexander the Great went to Diogenes and heard about him because he lived in a barrel. I mean, that's how this, this dude was crazy. And uh, Alexander the Great came to Diogenes and said, you know, um, was looking at him, and I guess he was going to talk to him. They started talking, and then Diogenes, laying down in his barrel, looked up at uh, Alexander the Great, who had just conquered, like, pretty much all, the, all of the known world at age 30, I think it was. He says to Alexander the Great, can you please move? You're blocking my sunlight, right? So, Alexander the Great looks at Diogenes and shakes his head and, you know, appreciates him and then walks away and says, if I were not Alexander the Great, I would want to be Diogenes. Like, eh, that's why philosophy, man, and ethics and everything are so um, pivotal to the path that you take and the choices that you make in life. Right? Oh, so, yeah, let's continue on the chart. Uh, Discover the power of of observation my son is really good with this my son uh, my son michael he works you know he has he's doing pretty good he has a good job he's doing pretty good god bless him but he always had the power of observation like he would watch and not say anything and would be able to make evaluations and do things like as a result of what he... When you think he's not paying attention, he's got everything covered. You know, that's one thing, you know, but it's the power of observation. I kind of learned it from him, you know, to a large degree, as opposed to just jumping ahead, observe. The next one down is learn pattern, learn pattern recognition and timing in all matters. Timing and, uh, timing and patterns, it's all about that, you know? And then... Understand that dark forces feed off of your fear. Again, self-explanatory. Dark forces feed off your fear. That's why they constantly throw this fear at us with everything that's going on. I'm not saying that the things that are happening are good or that we shouldn't be concerned about them. But they want us to exist in a state of fear. Listen to uh, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton. The... uh, the Biology of Belief is the book. I think you could listen to it online. And he gets into, like, epigenetics and how the mind affects the health and, and everything. You know, that's why they want to keep us in a state of fear. Uh, Never fear evil. Just reflect it back to its source, like a mirror. And that's... I got that from a episode of Kung Fu with David Carradine from 1971. And uh, the problem is people... I'll give you an example. I'm Puerto Rican, you know, and in our culture. We have what's called Santeria. As you guys would say, Santeria. And it's a pretty dark stuff. But first of all, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all of that. Because you're not in that realm. But if you're in that realm and if you're into Santeria, then they can do things to one another because they're on that same frequency. But when you're not on that frequency with them, Right? then, because if that were the case, they would have done voodoo on all the presidents and all the super rich people, you know, just like that. Because of their jealousy, they would go after them. But it's, you have to be in that game to be affected by it. Okay? Into that darkness. And by not attaching to it, it has no power over you. It only has the power over you that you give it. And the channel... That you give it goes through the channel of fear, if that makes sense. People have no idea. Two two things that are really important, like that word choice and fear. Like those words, man, people don't, it's endless, man, it's infinite. But they give these dark forces access to, to their inner self through the channel of fear. That's why they try to generate so much fear in us now by the things that they're doing to us. Be aware of that okay? Just reflect the evil away like a mirror. It, it won't penetrate you it won't touch you. Um, solitude and silence illuminates your way along the darkest path. You have to learn how to be, become a friend with solitude and a friend with silence. Something that I've, I've done as a practice always too, sometimes more, sometimes less, is, you know, you wake up in the morning and uh, you just sit in silence and no no podcast listening, no, no music, nothing. Just in silence and just self-reflecting. You know, not with a specific idea, but just kind of self-reflecting upon reality and just upon silence and solitude, right? That's a good thing to have because... You're not you're not going to operate at your top capability if you don't find that that solitude and that silence within yourself. Okay, because when you get more solitude, then you have the ability to, to have a deeper understanding of the reality that we're in. So it's important that you make a friend of solitude and silence. You know, as a practice, some people can't stand solitude, you know, and I could understand why because your mind kind of races within itself and all these things, and it happens to me. But at the same time, you have to have that ability to find that solitude and that silence. You know, you don't have to be juggling 15 plates and jumping through hoops and, you know, exercising and cooking dinner at the same time to be fulfilled you know or to stay busy or be productive i mean you need times of solitude and silence so that um you have that contrast of of of, of life you know so solitude and silence people got to understand how especially that both really both solitude and silence and then here it says, uh, "Over sharpen the blade, and the edge will soon blunt." That's from the Tao Te Ching. I forgot what number that is. That's verse nine of the Tao Te Ching, and it says, "Better stop short than fill to the brim." Over sharpen the blade, and it will soon blunt. If I have to explain that, then I don't think you would ever get it. It's it's crazy, but that's the way that that was. Either you get it or you don't get it. Like if you over sharpen the blade. Uh, it's it's easier for it to get blunted because it's over sharpened and better stop short than fill to the brim I mean well that, that's pretty deep so I've gone on now for an hour I hope that you guys are able to watch this on YouTube and give me some support there give me put some comments in there watch it I'm gonna see if I I guess I'll put a link from my telegram to this to my youtube here youtube really is has the most traffic and a lot of people I guess they trust youtube also you know so this is going to go up on on my youtube page I'm going to put it on my instagram uh, the the chart or the powerpoint presentation as it were again I do want to thank you for listening praise Yeshua HaMashiach's name and give me feedback on my presentation And the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alpha male buddhist at gmail.com. My link tree is alpha male buddhist pod. My website is alpha male dot dot com. I also have a telegram account and a YouTube account. Again, everything you'll see it in my link tree, which is alpha male buddhist pod.